Welcome to the Wellbeing Equipment Podcast. My guest today is a game changer for millennials, tired of running on a never-ending financial treadmill. Her name is Annie Margarita Yang, and not only is she a money-saving guru with over a million YouTube views, but she's also written Amazon bestsellers like The 5-Day Job Search and 1001 Ways to Save Money. Annie's not a Gen Xer or from an earlier generation. She's a millennial who understands how crazy the job market and keeping a positive bank account status is right now. She gets it, delayed dreams, struggles and hunger for escape. But here's the thing, Annie doesn't just talk the talk, she walks it. On today's podcast, we'll be chatting about networking and personal branding. Uh, very welcome to the podcast, Annie Margarita Yang. How are you today, Annie? Hey, David. How are you? I'm doing quite wonderful. Happy to be here on the Wellbeing and Career World podcast. Oh, you're very kind. You're probably one only only person that's ever said that, but you're very, very kind to say that. So where have we started? So where are you right now, Annie, on planet Earth? I am based in Boston, Massachusetts in the United States. Cool. What part of Boston? I lived there briefly. Where are you in Boston? Oh, you know, then I'm not really in Boston, Boston. I'm in the outer town in Chelsea. It's a 10 to 15 minute drive away from downtown Boston. Ah, okay. Because I was near Harvard. That's, um, is that Cambridge? Cambridge. No. Yeah, Cambridge. Yeah. And it was, um, where else was Cambridge, Brighton. There was some of the towns. I remember Stowe. Um, some really, really nice places. So are you, you're originally from Boston, are you? Nope. I'm actually from Brooklyn, New York, born and raised New York. Oh, wow. Okay. So why did you change from Brooklyn to Boston? I actually, I got married and my husband travels around for school. So he did his master's in Texas Tech. So at some point we moved to Texas and now he's doing his PhD in Boston. Uh, So here I am in Boston. All right. Okay. So very very clever guy. Yes, wonderful, very smart and intelligent man. <laughs> so how do you find the difference between Boston, especially if you're outside the city a little bit, compared to Brooklyn? Make it make it like a TripAdvisor advertisement, let the public know. <laughs> Brooklyn, New York, highly walkable, highly accessible. You can take the bus or the train anywhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but try to get anywhere by car, good luck, can't find parking anywhere. <laughs> That's my trip advisor description. And Boston, I would say, is Boston is, if you look at the real Boston, 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 that's smaller than Brooklyn, except everyone calls the greater Boston area Boston. And uh, (laughs) you can drive out of Boston maybe 30 minutes and you can already go apple picking, unlike if you were in Brooklyn. (laughs) So do they still, what's that saying they used to say? Is it park park the car and have a yard? Do they still say that, do they? Yeah, yeah. They say, I I can't mimic that accent. Park the car. Park the car, yeah. (laughs) Have a yard. They can't do the R. (laughs) They can't do the R. Okay, fair enough. And do you miss Brooklyn? I I go back, honestly, four times a year, so I don't really miss it because my parents still live there. So I go there to visit, but also to get my hair cut. Okay. Because I can't, I can't find any nice hair salons here in Boston that can do Asian hair really nice. So you got to right. go to New York. <laughs> yeah. And is, is there I, a particular style that you need as an Asian haircut? No. I know we're off track here at the moment, I, but just I in case anybody think, wants to know. I I just get a really simple haircut, you know, just very rounded cut in the back with long layers. You would think it's simple uh, because if I, I know how to cut hair, if, if someone asked me to cut this on their hair, I can cut it myself as well, but right. I can't cut my own hair. Right. Um, I went to this <laughs> Japanese hair salon two months back somewhere in Boston and he had wonderful re- reviews, but he couldn't even cut both sides symmetrical. All right. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I was so upset that the the next weekend I just I, I hopped in a car, drove four hours down to New York, got a haircut and then drove four hours back up. <laughs> oh, dear. So, OK, so totally destroyed your hair. So we need he to be aware of that hair. now. Yeah, okay. can walk out looking like that. <laughs> and does your husband have the same problems with his hair? No, he's bald. So okay, swiftly moving on. Okay. <laughs> we'll swiftly move on from there. So what, what's the weather like still at the moment in Boston? Is it getting a bit chillier now, heading towards autumn and winter? It, it It's like a back and forth between warm weather and the 60s, 60 degree Fahrenheit, not Celsius. Okay. Um, and like 40s 
it, it like just keeps oscillating back and forth. It's like when you try to go to sleep at night, some nights it's really cold and some nights it's like last night was so hot and humid, couldn't really fall asleep. All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like you should come to Ireland. It's uh, nice and chilly now at the moment. It is, Annie. I, I bet. Yeah. Winter. Winter. Have you ever been to Ireland? Um, Have you ever been? I don't think so. No. No. When I did a layover from Italy, it was in Iceland. Yeah, nope, not Ireland. And what do you mean by layover? Was this a holiday you were on or were you working? Yeah, last last year I went to Italy and on the way back we stopped in Iceland at the airport for like a few uh, hours. Oh, okay. Was it <laughs> chilly? That counts. It was so cold. Yeah, yeah. Iceland is very beautiful though. Very, very nice place. So I think I've asked you enough personal questions, Annie. I, um, I want to ask you now a little bit more. I gave an introduction about yourself. So let our listeners know a little bit more about your background. My background. So I am an Asian American born and raised in New York, born to Chinese working class immigrants. Um, you can imagine the Asian stereotype. We always have to do well in school. We have to go to the top schools as well. Asian parents are really gung ho about their education. Um, <laughs> I, I had straight A's all throughout school, but sometime around 16, I decided not to go straight to college because here in the United States, college is really, really expensive. I think the average cost of going to college per year now is $35,000. Wow. Um, yeah. So back in 2012, that's when I was around 16. I, I decided, you know what? doesn't make sense because I don't really know what I want to do with my life. And I want to figure that out first before committing four years and a lot of money to, to doing something like college. So after high school, I worked a whole string of minimum wage jobs. After that, um, around 20, I did go to college and I got a degree in communications. But after I got that degree, I ended up working at Domino's Pizza. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> all throughout like my you know work work experience so far, uh, when I was working those minimum wage jobs, people were always say, saying like, Annie, you're so smart. You deserve to be in school. You got to go to college. Da, da, da. You need that college degree to get ahead in your career. And finally, when I did get that degree, here I was, I ended up working at Domino's Pizza. So, you know, the conventional advice, I, I think I can throw that out the window because it doesn't work. And then um, when my husband and I, we moved to Boston, I said, you know what? <laughs> Where I was in Texas, there wasn't any opportunity, but this is a bigger city. There should be opportunity here. I want to make my mark. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm going to make my mark. I'm going to make my name known in this city. Uh, so I, I also didn't have an accounting degree, right? But I wanted to apply for accounting jobs because I was really good with our personal finances for our, for our household. So you, you could say I'm like the CFO of our household. And <laughs> if I'm that good with our money, maybe I can apply that to a business. Maybe I can help a company with their money as well, you know, because the concepts, the principles of money are the same. It's just a matter of how you apply it. So I started applying to 50 accounting jobs per day. And then by the end of that first week, I had a job offer. Now, that job didn't work out because my manager and I, we had some personality issues going okay. on. So two months later on the train to work on a Tuesday morning, I started applying to jobs again because my resume was already on Indeed from that prior job search. And then by the end of that Tuesday, I already had an interview uh, request. <laughs> I showed up to that interview and I got that job offer. That was only six days after I applied. And then I was really, really happy to work for that company. That company is like still very dear to my heart. I still visit them every Christmas and drop off cookies and stuff like that. Um, but <laughs> a, a year into that job, um, I, I, what I wanted was I wanted to buy a house and we had enough saved up for the down payment, but I calculated our debt to income ratio. And I realized I didn't make enough money to meet the mortgage company's debt to income ratio requirements to get the mortgage to begin with. I needed to make $25,000 more. And all throughout that year, when I was working there, my coworker had asked for a $1 an hour raise, which translates to only $2,000 a year of raise, yeah. right? And they, they kept saying, oh, we don't have the money right now. It's not, not in our budget. The financials aren't working out. Come back in three months. He came back in three months, said the same thing. And this went on for a whole year with this guy. He never got the raise. So I figured here I am. I want a $25,000 raise. I bet they're not going to give it to me. So what I did was, okay, I have a whole year to buy a house, you know, because we here in the United States, we need to show two years of continuous employment. 
So I have a whole year. Um, let me take my time to get another job and uh, see if there's anyone out there who's willing to give me at least $25,000 more than what I was getting paid. And I started applying on a Monday night, applied to like 50 jobs a day. And Tuesday morning, 7 a.m. in the morning, I, I wake up, check my email in bed, and I got an interview request. All right. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. And then <laughs> uh, he, he was like asking me to come in for an interview right away. Like, when's the earliest you can come in? I said, I, I could come in on Thursday. So I went in that Thursday, did phenomenal in that interview. And then on Friday, I got a job offer for $35,000 more than what I needed. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I took it. And that's why I have this new book. It's called The Five-Day Job Search because I've landed a job in less than a week, three times in a row. And the record for the last one was in only five days, start to finish. Do you think, we'll talk about the book more later on, but do you think, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at you here now on the camera and you ooze confidence and you ooze drive and determination. Do you think that's what came across? Because I know you mentioned about the degree and then working at Domino's Pizza. Um, you know, employers asking you very quickly over that short space of time. What do you think that you brought to the table that was different from a standard CV or an application? Would you regard yourself as pushy, Annie? <laughs> oh, uh, I can be a little pushy. I have gotten that comment. I can be bossy. But in a nice way. I think in a nice yeah. way. Uh, some people don't work well with me. You know, I have a very uh, type A personality. Some people like that. Some people don't. I can't please everyone. Uh, for my boss in particular, what, what got him to even give me the interview to begin with wasn't like my formal education, because even during the interview itself, I, I brought in a copy of my resume and I said, if you look right there at the bottom, I don't have an accounting degree. So I said, so just full disclaimer, if you hire me, maybe you might not like it, you know? And he was like, I don't care. I don't care what, what I liked about your resume and what got me to like email you right away. The moment I saw it was the fact that you, there's something on your resume that showed initiative. It said um, that you found $50,000 lying in, in your current company's escrow account that actually belonged to that company. So like I basically found an extra $50,000 in, in a different bank account that actually belonged to the company that I was working for that was now theirs to spend. Right. Yes. And, and he was like, $50,000 is a lot of money. And, yeah. <laughs> and you didn't have to do that. You weren't asked to do that by your employer. You simply spent your free time looking for that, you know? Uh, yeah. So he's like, if, if that's what you do on your free time at work, right. I like that. And, and I think that's, that's the kind of attitude you'll bring to my company as well. So that's why I brought you in. But the rest of the conversation, that, that was like a 90 minute interview that I did with him. Um, it, it wasn't like about verifying what I, I did at those jobs or anything. I think that's what people usually do in their interview. It's like verifying if what they say in their resume is true. It was right. more like, um, if you're gonna work here, what are you gonna do for me? <laughs> you know, like, how can you help me with my company? Because if you did that for them, I, I, I really want you on board. Um, what? what can I offer you to make you want to quit that job and come work for me right away? That kind of thing. It was like 90 minutes long. Yeah. And can I ask then, so what did your parents think about Annie um, working for Domino's as an example for any Asian family out there? Cause you mentioned there, like, you know, the drive, determination, going to college, getting the degree. Um, what do they feel at the time? Just for anybody oh, that's probably going through we, something similar. We didn't communicate. We, okay. we we didn't communicate because um, we have some boundary issues going on there. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'll no, move on. <laughs> but, no, my no. I'll tell you this. So my parents, um, they love to compare. This is a really like Asian parent kind of thing, right. where like so and so did something so well. Why can't you be that good? Just like them, you know. Like they okay. compare me to my sister. They compare me to my friends. So when I was working at Domino's Pizza, my parents were like. Well, Diane, which is my childhood friend, she she got a job as a physician assistant. She's making $100,000 a year. Why are you working at Domino's Pizza making $8 <laughs> an hour? Why can't you be more like Diane? It was like right. always like that kind of thing. So finally, I, I said to my parents, I said, if you cannot 
have a phone conversation with me that does not involve talking about my career. Like, just just don't even bring up my career at all. I'm just going to have to hang up. You know, I I don't need my parents comparing me and 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 making me feel so defeated, so insecure about myself. So I I just said, I'm going to have to hang up and you'll have to call back next time and talk about something else. (laughs) (laughs) This, This went on for a year, a year before they realized, oh, we should stop talking to Annie about her career. And now nowadays they, they don't even they don't even bring up my career, even though think, my career is going well. Do, <laughs> yeah. do you think that maybe they did it? And this is, again, just if you can try and explain it to others who may be going through a similar thing. Do you think they maybe did it because they cared so much and they wanted the best for you? I think so. Um, I think in Asian parents culture or maybe specifically Chinese, um, that's their way of showing love. Like, yes. if, if that's how their parents show love, therefore, they must show love this way as well. But even after expressing to them many times that this doesn't make me feel loved, actually, this makes me feel like I'm worthless. Right. <laughs> this is really a, a huge hit to my self-esteem. Please stop doing that. Um, they did not listen. So uh, they don't respect my wishes as a, a fully grown, responsible adult. Right. So. But you're, you're determined, though, Annie, aren't you? You're very determined. I can, I, I yeah. get that impression. You keep on going. The drive is there, no matter what anybody says to you. Would that be right? That's correct. I, my parents definitely have many times in the past, through, especially through my childhood, when I told them, "Mom, Dad, one day I'm gonna grow up to be rich and famous." I've been telling them that since I was five years old, and they've always said, "Like dreams should stay dreams, Annie. Dreams aren't meant to be pursued." You know. Right. Um, but I, I never listened to that. I, I said, you know, no. You, you have your life, you know, they're, they're in their 60s now. You've lived 60 years of your life, right? We all get one life. We all have an equal life, right? You're responsible for yours. I'm responsible for mine. I can do whatever I want, you know? I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not, yeah, here's the thing. I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not committing any crimes. I'm not doing anything unethical. So there's no reason for why I do not have the right to go after what I want. And are they so still long living as I in don't the... intrude on other people. Are they still in the States or do they move back to China? They're still here in the States. They're they're living in Brooklyn. That's why oh. I go back four times a year. Oh, okay, cool. Well, hello, mommy and daddy. That's Just for an interest, because I lived in Singapore for six years. What part of uh, China are they originally from? They're from Guangzhou. Oh, I've been to Guangzhou. Oh, you have? Yes. I have. I've been to Guangzhou. I've been to a lot of places in China, but uh, yeah, Guangzhou is very beautiful as well. I used to be amazed, and it was a sidetrack now, how big the cities are in China. Yes. And I mean millions of people. Um, I used to go to a place called Chongqing, and Chongqing, in my mind, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to just remember China as like Beijing maybe or Shanghai mm. or places like that. But when you go into the kind of the central part of China, where you have like places like Chengdu, uh, and so on. You, 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 uh, Shenzhen. You kind of realize, my word, these these places are are big. You know what I mean? They're big, big cities. But China so, is huge. It's huge. No, honestly, it's huge. <laughs> but it's um. Uh, but hello to your mommy and daddy. Anyway, we'll we'll move we'll move on then. But what about so the the main topic of our, of our podcast today is generally networking, personal branding, and obviously talking to you now for the last 20 or 30 minutes you can see you're 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 very good at that um so what is networking then so for anybody listening to this podcast right now what is networking in your own opinion okay in my own opinion it's simply meeting new people i i don't know why people get so hung up like oh my gosh i have to network i have to expand my network oh my gosh i can't do that (laughs) i'm like what just just literally hi my name's Annie. Nice to meet you. What do you do? You know, <laughs> I'm interested in what you do. I want to hear more about you. <laughs> um, you know, that's that's really all it is. You know, it's like introducing yourself and and asking other people what they do. Like like it's just like um a, a normal conversation. I would say like for example, right now I'm I live in a condo building and I'm part of the board of trustees. Of course, you can expect I'm the most proactive one that says yes. hi to everyone right yeah. um like like <laughs> other people they're like very much in their homes like when i knock on their door to say hi they don't want to open the door <laughs> Who <knows why? laughs> here's annie again <laughs> um, but like you know I, I try to know everyone in the building like that's not for my career this is but this is networking this is like literally finding out my neighbor who lives down the hallway oh what do you do 
you work at the hospital you yeah. work in the evenings at the hospital what exactly at the hospital do you do you know oh you have kids how old are they do they live with you it's just just like you know a normal conversation with anyone <laughs> that that's all i think networking is and, and do you, you don't have think to actually be friends you don't have to be friends with these people you just you know you can be acquaintances it's fine do you think with social media and, and phones and stuff like that that we've become less kind of able to communicate on an individual basis like face to face do you think people kind of hide behind the technology now rather than having kind of relationships with individuals is it easier now do you find it's easier now or more difficult now because of maybe social media uh i i can't say because i grew up with social media so if i if i were older maybe i can see like the stark contrast and difference that social media has made but i mean i made a facebook when i was in middle school right, right. so it, it's hard for me to say i all i can say is that I have noticed personally that as I've grown older, so now I'm in my late 20s, it's harder and harder to make friends. So when people are in college, that's why people say, oh, you go to college not for what you learn, but to meet people. I agree, you know, it's like so easy to meet people because people don't have work responsibilities, right? Yes, they yeah. just go to school, they go to class, and then after class, they're like going to some party or some club, something. They're They're just like, it's just a natural environment for you to meet other people the same age. And then after you come out, who do you meet? Usually the people that you meet are either from church or from work. Outside of that, a lot of people don't expand their network beyond those kind of like uh, structures in our yes. society, I guess. And, and if you try to go to like a meetup, it's really transient, right? You usually don't meet the same people going to the same meetups consistently. Right. Oh, you have to find some sort of hobby that you're interested in that other people also have an interest in that like you guys can meet consistently otherwise it's, it's hard to develop those friendships after you you get your first job out of college i think is it possible then to, like to make networking kind of sincere because we say for example um you're looking for a position in a job and you've applied for a job and you can reach out to maybe a hr manager that's on linkedin um, how how do you start that interaction with an individual to try and find out more about the company, the role, or is that a, like a no no? Is that like no? You don't do that yet. You wait until yeah, you, yeah. You don't do that yet. You you no. wait until you need something much later. I think the philosophy I have is I've always given more than I've asked. Right. So for several years, I've made free content on YouTube, um, like just financial videos helping whoever I can, right? Like, I, I'm definitely like always giving and I never really asked for anything in return. The only thing I asked in return if people watched my content was, please buy my book 1001 Ways to Save Money on Amazon just to support this channel. Uh, aside from that, I don't want anything from you guys yet, right? Okay. <laughs> um, um, but like over the years, um, you know, people have also added me as a connection on LinkedIn. They've added me, they never added notes, they just add me and and i accept the request uh i i never say hi back because right. we, we didn't say hi i, I just have <laughs> them in my network sometimes i post like i just made a new youtube video and i share it to my linkedin but aside from that i haven't and and they've been in my network i guess for like the last four years i've never asked for anything right and then finally now that i've written the five-day job search book i said okay i'm launching this book i want it to be a success i want people to to help me launch this book um, something that I found out that people can do when they launch their book to make it a success in the first week is you can gather something called like a launch party. So basically you gather between 200 or 300 people to buy it um, on the, the first week where on Amazon, you can drop the price down to free. So uh, you can join this program on, on Amazon where you can drop the price to free for five days. Okay. okay? And so that's what I was aiming for. I'm going to drop it for free for five days on that first week. And I'm going to get 200 to 300 people to quote unquote, buy the book. And if they just leave a rating or a review or a review, Amazon will think it's legit because they quote unquote, bought the book. <laughs> so that way they won't like take down the review and think it's fake. So uh, right now I have 79 reviews on Amazon, but you, you can guess most of them came from this, this group that I gathered. Right. But, but how did I gather like so many people to help me with the launch was I literally on my on my Facebook, I have like 400 friends. Um, 
on LinkedIn, I have about 1,200 connections. And on, um, on my phone for the last 10 years, I've accumulated, accumulated like 600 contacts. Wow. So I have a give and take like 2,000 um, contacts. So for two months before the launch, I messaged each person one by one. Wow. One by one, I messaged 2,000 people and I said, hey, I'm launching this new book. Um, would you like to help me make it a success? Just all you need to do is on on that week, um, buy it for free and leave a rating or review. And as a gift to you, I will give you a signed paperback copy as a thank you. All right. Like I would really appreciate your support and help in making this book a success. And 300 people said yes. Okay. Yeah. How did, how did you feel about the others not getting back to you or not getting involved? I assume people are busy. I, I, I don't care about people who say no or ignore me. I'm just like, they're busy. People, I, I, look, anyone who messages me, they will always get a message back. I don't leave things on read. I will always like respond back within 24 to 48 hours. But um, I, I, I have to admit, not everyone is like me. Right. A lot of people, they will just completely ghost you they will read it and then they won't respond right. i don't know why but uh this, but you don't this take it personal any idea i mean I for anybody listening personal. to this you don't take no, it personal no. i don't take it personal but the thing is actually my personal opinion on what they're doing is this is really unprofessional behavior if you want to be successful in your career um you got to be more social I, yeah. I i'm not saying everyone has to be extrovert but at least have the professional etiquette to yes. respond back and say, no, I'm not interested. That's all you need to say. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't need anything beyond that. Thank you. I'm not interested. Th that would have been fine. But like, yes. out of 2000 people, only five people bothered to say that the others just completely ignored me. And do you <laughs> like, still keep in touch with them? Or is it just a case of they're still they're still within the, the contacts that you have? They're just within the contacts that I have, you know, I, and and that won't stop me from asking them for anything more in the future either. I, I'm not going to take it personally. I just think it's it's not professional because if I were like in the real world, if I walked up to you in person and I said, hey, just launched this new book. Would you like to help me out by buying the book for free and um, leaving a review? And I would just give you a free copy, a signed one as a thank you. And you just stared at me in the face. Yeah. And then you, just, <laughs> and then you, 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 you smile. But then you just walk away without saying anything. That is so rude. Yes. <laughs> Incredibly rude. But when people are doing that online, that's like the equivalent. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree because, I mean, it's, as you said there correctly, um, I mean, I've had in the past where you you'd be, somebody would reach out to me specifically and I'd get back to them as soon as I possibly could. And I wouldn't ignore them. Even if it was a positive or a negative, I'd always give them a response. And then I would try to contact them. And then you get, oh, I didn't see your message. I, I didn't was see your message. <laughs> oh, I must have deleted it by accident. And you're just like, oh, okay, fair enough. So that's that's where we stand with that. But as you said yourself, you don't take it personal. You just kind of yeah. you kind of move on. So then, what are, what are the red flags, Annie? So it was if red flags in networking and no nos. What would you suggest? Like, don't ask for things right away, please. Like, and also don't come to me asking for something else only to reveal your true intentions later right. that's that's happened to me before where somebody messaged me uh, uh emailed me and said i'm a huge fan of your channel i followed your channel for a while i love your content i specifically love this video where you talk about the mindset between um using excuses and then replacing the word but with the word and and then I was like, oh, this person actually watched that video because you wouldn't know the actual content of the video unless you watched that 10 minute video. Right. Um, and then he was like, but I noticed you don't have an email list. I would love to join your email list if you if you don't already have one or if you're about to start one, I would you know, love to join because I want to get on your list and get more content from you. And I wrote back, I don't have one yet, but I'm actually just coincidentally in the works of creating an email list like my employee and I, we've just started this project last week, you know, to to get that set up. And then so I'll, I'll let you know once that's ready and you can join the list. And that person wrote back to me, oh, you're creating email list. I can help you with that. Uh, do you need a copywriter? I can do copywriting for you. Uh -huh. blah, 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 blah. And then I was like, 
no. Um, I don't need to pay you as a copywriter because now we have ChatGPT. I already know what content I need, but you know, I can easily type it up into ChatGPT, and ChatGPT can make it, you know, as pizzazz as I need it to be. I don't yes. need to pay a copywriter to do this job. I can easily do this job in ten minutes. You know, yes. yeah. <laughs> um, so thank you for your offer, but I'm not interested. So like this person was actually trying to sell me something, but under the pretense of trying to be friendly with me. You know, and, and what was and the reaction big, after that? That that person just said, "Oh, thanks. Just then, just let me know once your email list is out." But it's, it's very clear this person had no intention to actually join the email list, regardless of what they're saying, because the energy and the the behavior of how they came across immediately in the in their second interaction with me is that they want to sell me something. They want to be part of my team, or or I don't know what. You know, um, like. Like you need to give more than you take. This person just wanted to take. You, you get what I mean? He wanted yeah. my money. That's what I I took it for. What, so. what, what about then, Annie? Like d- d- doing like creating team events or 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 fundraising or something like that. Does that help with networking? Um, and we're moving on now to personal branding. Does Does that help the individual kind of shine a light on they're kind of they're good in a team or they're good at organization and they're you know they have a common goal is is that a good or is that not a red flag that i think that's fine so so what people need to do is it's not about red flag okay i think they need to step into this mindset of like how can i be of service how can i help do you want me to make you an introduction to someone else you know like every time someone adds me on linkedin now i like they're the ones requesting me i don't know i don't know why they're requesting me they don't put a note so when when i click accept i also write back like hey nice to meet you um let me know how i can be of any help to you i'm I'm about to start a new show on youtube for this if you have any questions um about how to land a new job i'd be happy to take your questions and turn them into videos. So shoot me anything you need help with. Do you need an introduction to someone else in my network? Let me know if you need that as well. I'd be happy to make that introduction for you. You know, like, like how can I help you? Like anytime somebody comes to you, you just ask like, how can, can I be of service to you? Or if you, if you like see someone's profile that you like, for example, I found this like profile in my network she was gorgeous like her headshot is is amazing i read her whole linkedin profile i was like girl she's killing it you know (laughs) and 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 i had just stepped off like a podcast interview like a week prior Uh, i think the the podcast was something about like how to look fabulous or something like that right and i thought oh my gosh she this person i found on linkedin would have been like a perfect guest for this podcast because she's so fabulous on LinkedIn, you know? And so I I actually ended up messaging her and I said, you'd be a great guest on this show. Do you want me to make an introduction? And then she said, yes, I would love to get on that show. So like, if you just like go out of your way to introduce people to other people that you know, even if the the introduction doesn't work out, you've done your part of connecting people. Uh, what, What ends up happening is you become a hub for other people and people won't give back right away but when you need something it will always come back to you in the future when you need to tap into your network for something and, and the situation with, with that lady you just mentioned that had the amazing linkedin profile and she looked amazing um did she have any kind of why is this person reaching out because some people are kind of anxious sometimes when when if somebody's so nice or so kind and they go hey you look amazing I think you should do this, I should do that. They think there's like an agenda behind it, maybe. Or what does this person want? Or, you know, are they are they weirdos? Are they strange? Because at the moment, that's the, that's the way some of the world is. So how did she feel on a personal level? Was she delighted? Sure. Was she? Her reaction was good. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I don't control other people's reaction. I can only show up as I am, which is like authentic and just being me. You know, yeah. so I just showed up as I was. She reacted well, you know, like she was like, I would love to be on that show. Like she took it like I was genuine because my compliment to her was also genuine. Like I'm not making it up. Like I genuinely think she looks gorgeous. She's beautiful. If if I were a man, I'd take her out on a date. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you have to get her people... onto this show you do, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but some people take things the wrong way. Like, yeah. for example, I am a board of trustee for my condo association, right? And we were having intercom issues. 
in our building. Like our intercom wasn't working, and a lot of the numbers that the intercom was tied to were wrong. Um, and I had just taken on this role. I don't know everyone who lives in the building it's because you know everyone's in their own apartment most of the time, and only sometimes I pass them by in the hallway if they are entering or ex exiting, right? And this unit two doors down from me, one time I saw this this girl that like I I've um, I've never seen her here before. But we were also having intercom issues. So it just so happened that that morning I discovered the intercom issues. I was actually going to knock on everyone's door that day and ask like, hey, are you the owner of this unit? Like, do you do you live here or are you like the actual owner? Because um, I can't just have the intercom tied to the tenant's name if, if this person is renting. Yeah. I need it to be tied to the owner, right? I need the owner's permission. Um, so that's why this person like two doors down, I saw she was about to enter a unit. I was just like, oh, excuse me, excuse me. I just have a quick question. Do you live here? Because like if she lives here and she's just not she's not just a visitor, but she lives here. I wanted to ask her a second follow up question. Are you having intercom issues? Because if you are having intercom issues, I want to get that fixed for you. Right. But I only got a chance to ask the first question before someone else in the unit who owned the unit. So, so it turns out that person was just a visitor. She came out and she's like that was so rude for you to say. You don't ask someone if they live here. That is so offensive. Don't ask that question. You know, you make us feel like we don't belong here. And then I was like, no, 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 I'm sorry. Like, this is a genuine, like, like I, I'm not trying to say like, because you're black, you don't live here, you don't belong here, you know? Yeah. Like, this is like a genuine, like, do you live here? Because if you don't, can you tell me who the owner is so I can fix the intercom issue? You know, and even after trying to to explain myself, she was very, very angry and defensive. Right. You know, I couldn't get her to calm down. So I kind of just said goodbye. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> um, the best way. <laughs> but like, so, so even if you have genuine intentions, some people react at like the slightest thing and they think it's some sort of microaggression. You can't yes. control that. Yeah. I think people get offended just to be offended. Yeah, it's... she goes triggered triggered yeah, like this it is it's very simple because I, like yourself i i see it a lot um i mean originally obviously from, i'm from ireland but i've lived abroad for a number of years and when i came back to ireland ireland used to be renowned for the crack we used to call it the crack i don't mean the drug <laughs> the crack but it was it were, we had to c-r-i-c-r-a-i-c which is kind of the laughter and the fun and the banter and the, but now it's kind of like you're you're watching your your P's and Q's and you're kind of making sure that what you say and how you say it and then your body language is, you know, your hands are by your side and that you're not yeah, going to yeah. offend anybody. So, but I think that's kind of kind as an individual and like yourself, Annie, you're, you're being conscious not to offend the other person, but the problem I'm is... i not to. <laughs> yeah, but you, but it's so easy to offend. That's the problem. Yeah. It's, it's no, no matter what we do or how we say, not just say you and I, but there seems to be that sensitivity in the world at the moment. But anyway, that's that's a different uh, podcast for a different story. Um, so what about for personal branding? I mean, what would you, I mean, you mentioned this wonderful, glamorous looking lady who um, uh, looked amazing. I mean, what would you suggest for somebody on their LinkedIn profile or their jobs profile or their CV? What? Uh, how should they be coming across? I mean, should they play pretend? Because you know yourself, when, when you're selling yourself, you want to put your best self forward i suppose but if all of a sudden on uh you know you go for your interview and then the the, the hr people or whoever's interviewing is looking go hang on a second now this doesn't look like <laughs> this doesn't look like you secondly you're not coming across as <laughs> as what's on your cv or your application form so what would you suggest for anybody applying for any job um, and i know you apply for 50 applications one week and you have that drive but just say that a person that probably a little bit anxious doesn't want to come across uh too confident what would you suggest to them to personally brand themselves? I, I don't think i don't think there's such a thing as too confident okay cool. <laughs> um so long as you're being yourself that's enough um people think like you know um was it theranos elizabeth holmes with her scandal I'm sure you've heard of it. Come on. No. No. 
You no. never heard of it? Okay, there's no. this like massive scandal. She was some sort of like self-made billionaire trying to beat just like Steve Jobs, and she made this company called Theranos. That well, that was on Netflix, wasn't it? The yes. show. Yes, that now one, I know and that, that yes. can like yeah. test the blood with this yes. like one prick of your finger can yes. test for all of these different diseases rather than doing like several different very expensive tests with her new revolutionary machine. Now that. She fooled everyone. She fooled <laughs> she, investors she out did. of billions of dollars with, <laughs> with what she did. And and she was, quote unquote, confident, you know, here I am. I, I, I'm trying to get across to people that you're genuine. You're being honest. Now, there are some things you shouldn't tell employers. Right. Um, yeah. But what you're doing is you're putting your best foot forward. I would say I, I wouldn't say you're being fake, but just your best self presented in front of an employer to make that lasting first impression. And, and that is enough. You know, you don't have to be like Elizabeth Holmes with her Theranos thing. <laughs> I think um, far too many people like her, you know, there's been people like her before who are put on that pedestal only to find out there's no substance behind what she says. Right. She's, yeah. she's got like the pretty wrapping paper on the outside with complete emptiness on the inside while people here in the real world, working their nine to fives, they've actually developed real skill and experience, but they're just too too scared to show it. Yes. And showcase it. Yeah. It's like a shiny apple, isn't it? Shiny on the outside, but rotten to the core. Yes. So to speak, yes. as they say, probably a little bit different to what you've explained it. But I love that analogy that you just made, by the way. I'll use yeah, that in the future. It is, but it's 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 just trying to find out, I suppose. Oh, here's a question for you, Addy, before we sidetrack on anything else. I'm gonna put you on the spot here. Somebody's fired from their previous job and they've been asked this in a interview, what would you say? <laughs> no, no, no. So here's what you say. So I actually have helped people who have been fired. Um, now, it depends on why they've been fired. Some people haven't let go or they're fired for the wrong reason. Like, for example, my friend, um, she was fired not because she's incompetent. She was fired because their company policy is a big like company. I think it's like one of those big four accounting firms here in the U.S. So right. they have like multiple locations. She was fired because she moved. Well, she didn't move. She she was living in New York. And then she, quote unquote, moved to Florida. What she was really doing was she wanted to backpack around the United States. So she's basically doing like a one year nomadic life kind of thing. Right. And her fir first stop was in Florida. She was renting an Airbnb for just a month. Now, she has no lease. It's just an Airbnb. And um, apparently when you, quote unquote, move, you have to tell HR that you've moved. That's the company policy. Right. And if you do not tell HR uh, because like. Once you move, it's a, like, a different state and therefore a different tax code and everything. Then you're going to be fired. She did not notify HR because she didn't think it applied to her. And they fired her. Wow. For this reason. How long now, was she at the company? Do you know? She was at the company for, I think, two years. But there's loyalty. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I personally don't think anything she did was unethical. That was a violation of company policy. But what she did had nothing to do with ethics. There's no philosophy behind what she did. No. It's just a, a company policy, a hard rule that they must follow. She she didn't move. She's just, you know, traveling around the country. Her first stop was Florida for a month, right? Um, so what can you do in th in that case without saying you're, you were fired, right? Because people think that if an employer, a future employer wants to call up your old employer uh, for reference, they're not allowed to ask where they fired. There's just two questions they can ask, okay? Can you please confirm what was their job title at this company, right? To confirm that you're not lying on your resume about the job title, please confirm also the dates of their employment. So from what month and what year to what month and what year? Those are the two things that they ask. Anything beyond that, they're, they're basically not allowed to ask. Right. Uh, so so how, if, if someone's trying to find out if you were fired, you don't need to tell the employer. So you can flip this and say, you know, I just deci decided that this company wasn't the right fit for me. I wasn't having a good experience working for them, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, or I I've been doing this kind of role for two years. I decided I'm not happy. I need to make a transition into something else. I need to do a switch because 
it's just not a good fit for me. But it's really difficult for me to continue working full time while trying to figure out how to make this switch into something completely different, whether I need to get get a new education. Um, like I, I needed really to take time for myself. I need to take time for myself to figure out what I want to do next for my career, because um, if I don't have that clarity, then if I just start applying for things willy nilly, then I'm just going to end up in the same exact spot I was in before. Right. So that's not a lie. No, that's not a lie. You're not lying at all. If, no. <laughs> if there's an ounce of truth, even just an ounce of truth in, in, for example, that story that I just said that, yes, you need time for yourself. Yes, you need to make a transition. <laughs> yes, you need clarity on what your next role should be. If you have even just an ounce of truth in that, you can say that with confidence. And and I taught that to a, a client last month because he was laid off. He wasn't fired. He was laid off. But we used this exact script. <laughs> and so when that question came up, he he said this script with confidence because there was truth in that. Right. And he, he got hired. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But did he, did he feel that... You know, is there a stereotype when a management team or HR is recruiting certain individuals? And if they do see that somebody has been laid off, is that a negative thing? Do they go, well, why was this guy laid off or this girl laid off and there's still 200 people in the, in the company? You know what I mean? And they haven't been laid off. Is that, I mean, how did you get around I, that one? I think especially right now, it's understandable because like, for example, Nokia laid laid off 14,000 people. Yeah. LinkedIn is laying just laying off 600 people. I mean, so many layoffs. We're talking about tens of thousands of people getting laid off a week. So it's it's a really common story to hear that somebody's laid off. I think um, my, my friends working at Facebook and Google, like at that company, they're required to lay off. Like they have an annual target to meet. If there's wow. if there's not a turnover, like a quota for them to meet, that's a bad thing. You know, they they want to let go of like ten percent of their workforce a year. Every year they set a new quota, but you got to meet that quota that some person in upper management set. So it's like it's a normal thing to be laid off. There's nothing wrong with you if you're laid off. Now there's a problem though if you were laid off and you're at home eating chips, watching TV, and you're just moping <laughs> and completely like, I can't get a job. The economy is bad. Uh, because the economy is so bad, it's impossible for me to get a job. Like if if that's what you like devolve into, then you have a problem. But like if you can keep up your spirits and have a good attitude and say, you know what, this is an excellent time for me to really think about what I want and, and have that kind of attitude instead, I think you're not going to have any problem when you talk to HR about this. Should then, I mean, should personal branding be revolved around the company you're working for? Or is it okay to just do your own thing? No, you always work for yourself. Even yes. if you work for a company, in the end, you are the CEO and the CFO of your personal life. So I, I personally think everyone works for themselves. It's just the arrangement is that they choose to sell their time to an employer and earn a paycheck, like a steady paycheck. But in the end, that's what they're doing. They are selling their time, their labor to an employer. They can choose to sell it in a different arrangement. They can choose to sell it as a package to a client. They can choose it, choose to sell it as like a, a flat rate fee to someone else uh, as a freelancer uh, doing work, you know, being self-employed or they can choose to use their time to start a business where they get clients, but they also outsource the work. So it's in the end, at the core of everything, you do work for yourself regardless. It's just the arrangements are different. What would you suggest or what do you think, Annie, is that we, we see a lot of this over the years, especially with certain companies might fire some staff because they have put a tweet up or a post up disagreeing with political views of maybe those within the world or the country they're working in or the or the, the, the company they're actually with. With all that personal branding, you've done a great job. What we suggest to somebody that if they're right in front of the computer or their phone and a world event has happened of some sort and they totally disagree with that world event and you know they're dying to vent and tell the world how angry they are about such and such, what would you say? Would you say to them, look, just take a deep breath, don't do it? Um, because now we've seen more and more now that even a couple of days ago, there was um, uh, a staff member, I don't know the full fact, staff member in Dublin and one of the uh, the uh, companies 
mentioned something in relation to an event that's happening now and that person allegedly has been laid off from their job because they made a, a post on Twitter or Facebook or whatever it was. What would you say to somebody like that to kind of don't destroy, don't destroy your personal branding? <laughs> no, I think you, you also people people really reactive online these days. Like they take to Twitter and like form some sort of mob and try to cancel other people. Yeah. You know, um, and and they think they like we see these. My husband was at school yesterday, right? And he came back. He was like, there were some protests outside my school with uh, Israel versus Palestine, and yes. and he was taking a video of the Palestinian protesters versus like the Israeli side, which which only had five people on okay. the Israeli side, you know, and 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 stuff like that. And then I was I I genuinely had to like ask, what do they think they're accomplishing with their protest? Yes. What? Sure. Okay, you're sending your message. Are you going to stop the war with what you're doing protesting outside Boston University? You know, when you're like uh, a whole continent away from where this war is happening. I mean, I, I, you know, you can take videos and and post them on social media, but are you really helping the cause on either side? Really? No, but are that's, you? That, that's what I'm wondering. But what, what do they get out of it then by, by doing get nothing. that? No, no, I, I think people take that to virtue signal, you right. know? Did, did did you are you like so passionate about this that you're willing to put your life on the line for that? Will you fly over there and fight the war yourself? Are you sending supplies? Are you organizing something? Are you starting petitions? Oh, all you did was you walked out, you got your sign up and you're just like walking with the group. You're not doing very much, you know, so and how would your husband I, I think then you need react? To think twice, think twice about what you're doing. You know, I, I personally don't agree with what people are doing, not just this war, but in general, like what people take to Twitter to, to speak their thoughts and stuff. I, yes, we have freedom of speech. I acknowledge people's freedom of speech, but you also have to suffer the consequences of what you post online. We live in this world where we have social consequences of what we do. My yeah. husband had to, he agreed with me. He was like, yeah, they're not doing very much. And here's the thing, my husband's really liberal. He usually doesn't agree with me because I'm conservative. Right. <laughs> he <laughs> usually doesn't. But it's okay know? to not agree. It's just respect each yeah. other. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's We're all different. We all have different opinions, but just respect each other. I understand. I, I agree with that. You know, we can post things online, we can disagree, and we can still be dis, uh, be like respectful. Losing our jobs over something, I mean, I think that's a, a bit extreme, right? Yeah. But here in the US, we don't have those kind of protections. Employers can fire at will for any reason. That's yes. the law here. We don't have protections like we have in Europe, where you know people have to actually follow some, I don't know what the rules Protocol. are. Protocol, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like harder to fire people without any reason. Here, you can get fired just because you showed up late, for Christ's sake. Forget about a tweet. You just showed up late, we can fire you. Or we just don't like you, we can fire you. So, I mean... <laughs> I know it's not funny, but is, I understand. It's true. You can just look for another job, you know? Yeah. Um, so just, I think people need to think twice before they post, you know? Do you, you think... You can be authentic. You can be authentic, but, but don't be angry online. Don't be angry. That's not showing your best self. It's not. Do you think that words now because we have the saying you know actions speak louder than words but now words seem to have more importance than than actions and it's, it's kind of interesting i was uh, uh there's a wonderful actor and uh, comedian uh, uh, rob delaney he's he was he wrote a book about one of his his um his children had passed away um of an illness which is which is obviously very sad but it was interesting because when he was going through uh, grief, he mentioned that, you know, actions to him are more important than words because if somebody was to come around and kind of offer to bring him out or give him some food or maybe do something nice rather than somebody saying, look, I'll see you tomorrow and then they don't, they don't show up or I'll, I'll call you next week and they don't call. So why do you think yourself, Annie, is that the case now where words now, you can say what you like, and the repercussions by you saying something can be quite severe, but your actions might be totally different. As you mentioned there, people protesting, there's a bit of virtual signaling going on, um, there's people making angry posts on social media. Um, 
they're saying this, but the, the actions don't follow through. So why do you think that is? Because it's so easy to post things online and say something that takes only five seconds. If I wanted to say something about this war, I can post it online and, and do that right away, right? Yeah. But, but to actually do something of importance, like, for example, I think there was this story about this 100-year-old man or something. Um, he's, he's from the, I think he's British. And he saved, I think, well over 50 children in the Holocaust. Right. He, he what he did was like he he organized um, homes for these children to go into. And he also like organized their escape from Poland and things like that. Right. And he had kept this a secret. Like no one had known until his wife found a journal uh, that like detailed all their names and birth dates and where they went, like in the attic. Right. It was like in some box up there. His wife found it and he, she was like, what's this? And then <laughs> she found out. <laughs> and then so like um, secretly they had gathered this TV show, had gathered all the children who are now adults that he saved. Like they be they went on to become like doctors, teachers, like people in society who contributed wherever they ended up living. Yes. Um, and and uh they were describing this man's story and then this man was like okay uh-huh yeah and then now would everyone in the audience who has survived the holocaust due to this man's help please stand up and like this whole audience of adults just stood up and he turned around it was like amazing right yes <laughs> he was crying and and that's real work you know that's actually like something that takes a lot of effort, skill, time, money. He put his money where his mouth is. You yeah. know, he didn't just like virtue signal and talk about how great he is and, and how he's against the Holocaust and stuff like that. He actually did something about it. And and I think a lot of people are just simply not willing to put into work. It, that's that, that's just how it is. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like the way you've said that there. I think you've, you said that better than, than I could have doing or anybody else. Um, Okay, let's move on then to the business side. So your book, The Five-Day Job Search. Talk about it. Tell us, tell tell why we should buy this book. Why you should buy this book? Because <laughs> we're about to step into I what I think not just a recession, but the second Great Depression with the way things are going in the U.S. I think the U.S. government's going to go bankrupt because they've borrowed so much money and nobody wants the U.S. dollar anymore. <laughs> like there, there will not be confidence in the U.S. dollar. And as we've seen, a lot of companies have already declared bankruptcy, such as uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and Yellow Trucking. Like tens of thousands of people at these companies are, are laid off, right? Um, so people need this information. They need to learn how they can brand themselves online so that they can land a job quickly. Because if not them, someone else will get the job. So whoever can buy this book quickly and implement the steps, they will be able to position themselves as more of the expert in their industry so that employers can see that's the one that I want to hire. Because even in a recession, that doesn't mean there's no jobs, that no one's hiring. All yes. it means that there's less jobs. People are still hiring. Work still needs to be done. You know, it's not like there's no work. Um, so it, I think the saying should be more work goes to less people and more work goes to the best people. And you want to be in that best category. So this is really what the five day job search will help you do. And is it is it is it um, is a book written in terms of uh, like introduction and then like strategies and tips? Is that how it works out with the book? It is 50% mindset, I would say, and the things that I've learned along the way in my own career, along with 50% actually like actionable tips that you can do. Like, for example, one of the things is you need to get your headshot done, but don't just get a professional headshot. This is all the things you need to do to look amazing in your headshot. Just like that, that beautiful lady that I was talking about earlier, like 80% like of the work in um, looking great in your headshot is actually from the homework you do before you even step into the studio, which right. means getting your hair done, getting your makeup done, picking up the right outfit. Like that's that's all done before you even step into the studio to take your photo. Another thing is like um, writing a professional bio for your LinkedIn. You know, a lot of people for their summary, it really falls flat. It's not impressive at all. How do you write a nice bio? How, how do you 
how do you make it so that you actually have 50 skills to list on your LinkedIn profile? Because LinkedIn allows you to put up to 50. So like really like clear, actionable steps you can take. Right. And where, where can you purchase and where can an individual purchase your book? Is it on Amazon buy, generally? Yes, yes. It's on Amazon, but I'm also trying to expand the distribution. So, you know, wherever you can find it, if you just type into Google, the five day job search book, those links, you can buy them wherever, wherever you can. But as well, you can buy it from my own website, AnnieYangFinancial.com. And I have a, an offer for your listeners to, for a limited time only. They can get a signed paperback copy with a 10% off discount using the coupon code WELLBEING, W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G, if they add the book to the shopping cart on AnnieYangFinancial.com and use that coupon code on checkout. Cool. So tell me just about Annie, what jobs do you think will be gone in the future? What jobs do you think will be here in the future? Or is this out of your your thought process at the moment? I think it's out of my thought process. I but I, I've been reading the news every day. And I think for sure because of the strikes that have been going on at General Motors and how the union workers not we're not just asking for a twenty four percent increase in salary. They were asking for a, up to a 35% wage increase. Right. Because of how much money they're asking, um, I think they they will implement more AI and robots in in um, manufacturing cars. Because, okay. You know, at some point, it's it will reach a break-even point where it's cheaper to invest in robots to create a car than to have humans do that work, right? At some point, if you push too far, it will be worth it to do that you know amazon i think is already experimenting with using drones to deliver medicine yeah that's correct yeah so and even even the sorting they have these robots that are yep it's going to be um yeah it'll be an interesting time ahead oh what well, just before we go um so yeah before uh, one more question to ask you so where well after this one where are you on social media other than are you on the linkedins and the facebooks and the instagram yeah yeah yeah. i'm on linkedin <laughs> you can search for annie margarita yang i'm on facebook as well uh all those links you can find those buttons on my site but the main social media i'm on is youtube so you can just search annie margarita yang and find my youtube channel i'm actually going to start a new series where i do like a five-day job search makeover for free so I've already got like two people signed up for this series where I'm going to do like a five day makeover on everything so that they can land a job quickly because apparently one of them has been out of work for five months. So let's oh, wow. see if, if my if my system really works if we put it to the test. Right. Um, but I also made a TikTok two weeks ago so people can follow me on TikTok. The username handle is Annie Yang Financial. And th these uh, makeovers you're doing, is it specific to those within your vicinity or will you branch out to different countries? Is that possible? No, no, it's it's all over. Uh, this is Zoom. It's okay. It's going to be done on Zoom. So it's like anyone who, who needs it, uh, I will offer it. But because my time is limited and I'm pretty sure offering it for free to people is like going to be too many people want this. Yes. <laughs> and, and I can't do everything for free. And and I really, really what my goal is not to help people one on one. What I really want to do is help people on mass. Right. So my goal is to make this series, but people learn more from watching how other people have applied the advice from my book to their situation and go like, wait, if they've applied it in that way, I can apply it in this way to my own situation, right? Right. Um, because really I can't help tens of thousands of people one, one by one. I, the only way is I can disseminate content to, to a massive group. Uh, so I'm thinking, but not really fully sure yet. I'm thinking of making a Patreon where only if people who have donated money on a monthly basis to me on patreon can qualify to even apply to be on the series where they can get a makeover yeah that's a good idea you know, i'm thinking well, just to well, encourage people and put their money where their mouth is you know well a lot i think a lot of them i mean i, I watch the aviation uh the the aviation bloggers and there's a couple of guys that do that and uh they're very very good and I, I think you're excellent. I mean, you're amazing even to talk to. Um, you have this, you know, something you have, and this is me being sincere, you have this um, uh, an SNL between SNL cast member and a Hollywood cast member. 
You had really? to, yeah, looking at you here, yeah, you have that you you just positivity and happiness uh, uh, talking to you and looking looking at you is 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 um, as you mentioned with this lady that was glamorous. Uh, you have you have that as well. You're 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 amazing. One question before we go: um, What's your typical day for motivation for asking if anybody is finding it difficult to get out of bed in the morning and kind of look for that job? Uh, you know brush their hair, have a shave, all that type of wonderful stuff, kind of eat healthy and act healthy. What is your typical day, um, Annie Yang? So when you get up in the morning, what time are we talking about? What type of things do you do? Just to try and give an insight to um, what what somebody else may want to aspire Oh man, uh, my morning routine isn't so good because I wake up and the first <laughs> don't, thing I do Danny, is don't say that. <laughs> I, I pick up my phone and I read Doomsday News. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's not good. Don't follow that. But no. um, I get up and and I gotta get dressed. I have to like um, dress up nice with my clothes. You know, I work from home. I don't step right. out. I work from home, but I, you see how I'm dressed on camera right now. That's how I dress every day right. <laughs> for work from home. Wow. I, I have to put on my makeup. I have to get my hair done even for work from home, because if I look great, I physically, um, emotionally, mentally, I feel great. I feel like I'm ready to rock. You know, I feel like I'm ready to take on the world, take on my day, whatever problem comes my way. Uh, so once I can get on that, like emotional state, because I've, you know done the part to look good then i'm like okay i'm ready <laughs> you know other than otherwise i don't feel like i'm ready to to do my best work so, so you don't like have these special fruit juices and supplements and you don't like the blinds are not opened like you know seven o'clock in the morning and automatically to make sure the sun comes into you <laughs> no 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 i don't do that i all i all my only criteria is if i look great i'm gonna do great today that's it well, it's, it's been an absolute joy chatting today, uh, Annie, on the Wellbeing Proof podcast. Once the podcast has been approved, it'll be released, and uh, I'll put all the links and information to uh, Annie and her wonderful book and any blog she has and services and maybe more information in regards to her uh, five-day makeover plan. So thanks so much, Annie, for chatting today on the uh, on the podcast. Thank you so much, David, for having me on your show today.